1: Okay, we're all in take five.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Peevers, <laughs> Austin, Texas,
1: sports the horn. Ian
2: Rodby, still taking your uh, names for the show. Hope to have a new name in place by early next week. We'll put maybe the top three or four out that we like the most here probably tomorrow on a Friday as we hit number 11 on our countdown to number one. Today it's number 12, and that would be the Texas Longhorns. Uh, How about these? Dual threat has been suggested, Rod. Dual threat with Ian Rodby. Dual threat.
1: Cover two. Cover two. Someone says the, the sports ER. Sports, E. ER, <laughs> R. <Rod>. Ian Rod, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Ty,
2: the deep dive,
1: Doctor Ty, I like that, the uh, deep dive,
2: the deep dive, um, the morning mofo's in the mix, <laughs> the morning mofo's with <laughs> Ian Rod B, the morning flex, the morning flex, the rise and grind, breaking the huddle, you like the morning. rise and grind? I do like rising. It's one of your favorites. I like because grind to me means a uh, grind, but it also can mean you grind yeah, the yeah, coffee, yeah. coffee. People Look drink that. coffee in the morning. I'm with you. Rise and shine, rise and grind. That one's pretty good. And really like Hook 'em Up, Hook 'em Up.
1: Hook 'em Up's one of my favorites. Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby is pretty good.
2: We're not doing the Texas Fight Club. I know, I was Our about balls to say. Deep.
1: Texas Fight Club is, it grows on me, Ty. I'm with you, man. I I like it. I, I, but I, I guess because we're not. Um, you know, doing Texas fight all Texas stuff all the time. We'll be talking NFL and Cowboys, maybe yeah. baseball, NBA. But if it was like a, just a, te- you should keep that. It should be say, a
0: segment
2: I'd, or name or something like that. Yeah, you should
1: might. honestly. For a show that's about just Texas, it'd be great. Yeah. And it, even about just like honestly, it'd be great for any show, even about the like kind of the eyes on Texas podcast. Really the same type of theme. Really yeah. the same type of content. Instead you call it the Texas Fight Club.
2: Oh, yeah, it's great. Well, it's listen. Good. Go check out that Eyes on Texas multicast, as you mentioned, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, it's and uh, the on the YouTube pages at The Horn and Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Really good conversation with Diamante Tucker-Dorsey. Uh, he's an inspiring guy, man. He'll get you pumped up for the football season. And also a full recap of the uh, the recruitment of one Colin Simmons and why he chose Texas and what could come from that. And uh, full, oh, yeah. full training camp. There's a lot preview. of talk
1: now that maybe he, he might be a linchpin recruit because there's some buzz about some other five-stars recruits that Texas may end up getting who are excited about the momentum in that class now because of Colin Simmons. So.
2: Momentum, momentum.
1: Hey, momentum is big.
2: Momentum is big. Mm-hmm. He is Cash uh, in on it, man. Got to, got <laughs> to. Uh, so, yeah, keep sending those. We'll try to have a winner or a winner because right? we got to choose the right one. You, you said earlier we had a fun talk about all-time 40-acre nicknames because we were talking about the Hispanic Titanic, uh, Ivan Melendez, too. who hit another home run last night. He's now got 30. In his first professional season, he's that's got crazy. 12 now with the Amarillo Sod Poodles, and uh, hit another one last night. So that you said that's the best nickname ever on the 40 Acres. His might Titanic.
1: be. I mean, is there a better one? I mean, well, we talked. Somebody sent me said, "Man, Super Bill Bradley was cool because his name was Super Bill." <laughs> I was like, "That's kind of cool." Um, then we had Dicker the Kicker because it flows. He's, he's a kicker, and Dicker was his actual name, so that is up there too. But man. The Hispanic Titanic just flows and it fits. It is it, so appropriate for him. Because he hits Titanic he, yes, bombs exactly. It's like it just I don't know. I don't know if there's a better one. I just you know, is there has there been a better one?
2: I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll take them. but we there's also something that found are really good out though. That You you you're very good at monikering people. You Yes,
1: I did come up with a few, not all of them complimentary. Uh Bam Bam Sam was a good one for man Sam. Uh The Wolf of DKR.
2: Kane oh. Caden Stearns, Caden Stearns. Hey, listen uh, though. Yeah. So Got to find out this guy had a nickname Sticky, when he was Ricky. playing at Texas. But uh, look who's on the line. We haven't spoke to him in a while. Uh, He's no longer coaching high school football and living the life of retirement, but uh, a lifetime Longhorn nonetheless and one of the legendary coaches in the great state of Texas, our friend Todd Dodge. Todd, how are you?
0: Good morning, guys. Hey, how are things? What's up, coach? How y'all doing? We're
2: doing, doing great. Doing great. How about you? What are you up to? I mean, it's, it's August. Shouldn't you be out at uh, two a days
0: or what? <laughs> well, yeah, no. No, I'm, I'm gonna go play golf here. I'm gonna go play golf here in a little bit. <laughs> there
2: you go. There you go. So you're, it's safe to say you're enjoying the retirement. I know your son's still coaching, and you're staying close to that and connected yep. there. But uh, tell tell our audience who uh, who followed your your great career for so long. What are you up to these days?
0: Oh uh, well, Elizabeth and I live out here at Horseshoe Bay, and um, I still do. Uh, you know, the summertime, uh, June and, and July, I do three quarterback wide receiver camps which I added one when I retired and so that kind of do one in Austin one San Antonio one down in Corpus Christi mm-hmm. and um, so that that kind of scratches the itch a little bit and then uh, yes I, you know last season was my first year in retirement and I, I saw Riley's team the, the South Lake Carroll Dragons play probably seven times you know of their 14 games saw the Chaparrales play um, probably will go back to more of Chaparral games this year. I, I didn't want to be that guy that retired and just, you know, uh, just kept trying to hang around and stuff. You know, last year, but um, love Tony and and all the guys over there at Westlake. They're doing such a great job. And um, and then you know I've got uh, I've got four four grandchildren and one more on the way. And uh, so that's a lot of fun.
1: Thank hey, you. Coach, are you um, are you getting enough of your football fix now in your retirement? When guys leave the game in any of any capacity, whether player or coach, you know they're, they yep. have this addiction to the game. It, it's a part of your DNA. Are you getting enough of your football fix through the camps and and being around your sons and that kind of yep. stuff?
0: Yeah, I think so, Rod. It uh, it definitely is not uh, something that you can just do cold turkey. Yeah. I mean, um, and I always tell. You know, coaches, you know, this time of year, I don't care whether you coach in Texas high school football or at the collegiate level, you know, if, if someone wanted to knock off a coach, uh, take him out, it wouldn't be hard to do because they'd know where to find him every day, you know, every minute of every day. You know, there's such a, you know, regiment that you get into. And, and we kind of love that, that grind, you know. And, and uh, you know, and when you, when you retire, when it's over with, uh, you know, you can't – there's a, a lot of things that, uh, you know, you can't just – stop at all and so yes um being involved with uh, with young quarterbacks and receivers um being involved with my son's teams I've, I've done you know quite a few speaking I do some some staff consulting I, I, I do some speaking you know on uh, at different clinics and things like that across the country and and that's also been fun Liz and I get to travel doing that stuff
2: Nice. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, seven times a state champion as a head head coach at the five A and six A level. Of course, Westlake three in a row on the way out, and uh, oh, what a run, Coach. You are your sons at Southlake Carroll. Can we ask you a little bit about uh, Quinn? Yours, obviously, he played for for Riley, and now he is uh, yep. emerging as the, the leader of this Texas football team. And I'm sure Riley still keeps in, in contact with Quinn. Uh, everything we've seen and heard from him, I mean, he looks like a different guy. He's got the the haircut, and he's, he's slimmed down, and yep. uh, really, really attention to detail stuff. What are you hearing from, from Riley? What are you seeing from Quinn Ewers going into his uh, second full year?
0: Well, first of all, from Riley, yes, they are still very close. Uh, Riley, you know, coached him for three years. He was he was part of their varsity um, for part of his freshman year, uh, took him to a, uh, a semifinal his uh, his sophomore year and then took him to the state championship game his junior year. So, yeah, they were together a long time to, um I, I personally had had uh Quinn in, in camp back when he was a rising ninth grader and mm. uh it doesn't take long to figure out uh when you can hear the ball coming out of someone's hand like you could that even at that age. Um but it's really good. I mean Quinn is is so, you know, he's he's such a good kid. He really is. Um and I think people who've been around him, and this is coming from Riley more than anything, he's 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 kind of a little bit shy and, and introverted a little bit. Um but I think he's really stepping out of that and and becoming the leader that he needs to be. And uh, it doesn't take long to figure out when you just see him, you know, on when they do a news clip of the Longhorn or something that he has uh, definitely uh, kind of redefined what his body should look like. And, and, um, and, uh, and that's a good thing. And I think one thing people don't realize, and Riley and I were talking about this other day, you know, Riley was saying, I don't think people really realize what a really good athlete he is. Uh, you you kind of you know last year he you, you got the you know you got the mullet and you got the beard and he kind of got the you know the body's a little bit dumpy looking you know at you know and all of a sudden people but now he's kind of back when he was in high school I mean he was track athlete also you know I mean he was a he was a member of the you know the the mile relay team the four by two he could scoot now I can remember watching him as a sophomore take one eighty to the house on zone read against Denton Guyer and they got some guys that can run so. Uh, big Quinn fan, obviously. Uh, just look for, for great things for him.
1: Hey, Coach, you know, you're, really your name, uh, the family name, uh, and your brand has become synonymous with quarterback development. And it, it's almost its own industry now, just quarterback development. Guys become made men in, in football because <laughs> of their evaluation and development of the quarterback. And you are one of those made men because everybody, uh, you seem to have the magic touch. What do you look for when you are looking for a quarterback, what are the traits that you identify that, hey, these are traits I must have in a quarterback because you've turned Westlake into one of the greatest quarterback factories or helped turn into one of the greatest quarterback factories in the country.
0: Yeah. Well, probably, probably the number one thing is, is, is he coachable? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times um, when we were all young, I think we probably got told, Hey, you got to be coachable or man, he's so coachable or, you know, you'd hear somebody go, "That kid is so uncoachable." Yeah, you know, and I used to think I didn't know what the hell that meant. I mean, I thought it meant saying yes sir no sir, and I think that's what a lot of kids do—yes sir, no sir. You know, <laughs> and you know, a lot of times that, that has no. I said I always tell our kids at Westlake. I said, shit, "I said y'all are you know that's manners. That's what you know. Yes or no sir is manners. Yeah, that's because your parents raised you good and all that." sick being coachable is doing something. The way a coach asks you to do it, the very time, first time he asks you to do it, to the best of your ability. So I think at the quarterback position, that's key, because there is a certain way that every that you're going to do something, uh, whether it's throwing the ball, whether it's uh, uh, running the running the zone read, run whether it's carry, playing without the ball, whether it's the RPO game. So I think that's number one. The, the second thing is, can we develop this kid? to being someone who is absolutely ultra accurate uh can he can he make the routine look routine <laughs> you know um in in the in the in the age of what we're in you know the the post routes the fly routes the double move deep routes that's all the sexy stuff and i tell our quarterbacks all the time that's not what makes these offenses go the ones that make the offense go is can you can you be a quarterback that can put your team in second down in four, three, two, one about eight times a game? And then that's it, a lot of times that's kind of an untalked about mm-hmm. um, down and distance. And I always tell them, I said, if we can live in second down in four or less about eight times a game, uh, guess what? If we don't turn the ball over, we're going to win a lot of football games because yeah. a we're going to stay on the field, and B, we are going to have a lot of explosives because we're going to be able to take them in times that not everybody in three counties going. You know, watch the fly route, watch the post route. You know that kind of deal.
2: Question, uh, Coach, is was our producer Ty Henderson a coachable player? Is he a coachable <laughs> guy or what? What are we doing?
0: I tell you what, Ty has got one of the uh, the nicest. Uh, tattoo slash brands on his back that I've never seen in my life. Yeah.
2: yeah, we've heard the brand story. It's always to get the attention of a girl, right? That's usually how that goes when you end up with a brand on your back.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, I'll never forget when we were in off season one day and I went, What in the hell is that? You know, and of course I got the story and, and the the beauty of Ty, Ty has always been very honest. Ty just don't he just threw it out there. And so um, you know, uh, i am just t- I tell you what, I'm I'm glad That tattoos and branding and stuff like that wasn't popular in Port Arthur, Texas, because I'd probably have. A few tattoos all over me because we, we would have been stupid enough to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> great, he's a good. He is. He's, he's tie unfiltered. We call him. He is uh, uh, without boundary it uh, when it comes to what he'll talk about on the radio. Yeah. Not, I mean, not just to to us. He'll say it to everybody on the radio, which is great. Hey, coach. Uh, you know, yeah. you you went back to back to back three times. I mean, three times. You know, of your seven titles, so you know what great culture is like because that's different players. That's different. You know, leaders and quarterbacks to to go three in a row. Uh, we've heard Steve Sarkeesian this offseason talk about this team here at Texas starting to sound like his team starting to sound like when he hears them talk and communicate I'm assuming you can relate to that and what does that mean to you when you hear sark saying that, that, that this being around this team they sound like a team that uh, that I'm coaching that that has to resonate with you
0: absolutely it does and i and I, I really think you know part of being able to to do that and to live up to what the expectations are in I mean, Rod, you know, I mean, it it doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter whether it's 1981 through 85 or the years that you played in the early 2000s or now. I mean, the expectations are there. Yep. And you better embrace them and you better uh, learn how to play with that bullseye. And, you know, what we always told our kids is people always talk about, you know, the big games, the rivalry games. To me, uh, the way that you put a, a good streak together and, and and win a whole bunch of games during the year is respect your opponents and the people that you play. I I think sometimes when someone's, you know, playing someone that everybody in town uh, through whatever it is, is saying, Oh hell y'all going to run half a, uh, half a hundred on them by halftime. What that makes you, if you, if you buy into that makes you soft and it makes your practice habits kind of dwindle, dwindle a little bit. And to me, you're either getting better or you're getting worse and you can't, take, you know, you can't rock along through your season and go, hell, oh, we got two gimme games in the middle of the season. We can just kind of take it off. And your coaching staff can't say, well, mm-hmm. we, we're going to find this, this time to, to, like, play a bunch of freshmen in this game. You've got to beat the hell out of people you're supposed to beat the hell out of. You know? <laughs> and um, I just think that that's – I, I you mean, You know, you take, everybody talks about the Texas OU game and A&M coming back on schedule. That, that stuff takes care of itself. To me, the horns have not had a problem mm-hmm. winning the big games against big people and playing well. It's sometimes it's you gotta beat the people you're supposed to beat, and you gotta and you gotta play really well while you're doing that. So that's my take.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great point, Coach. I agree with that. Yeah, I love that.
2: But it's kind of an oxymoron that you know beat the hell out of them, but it's because you respect them, then you're better. That's why you beat no, the well. hell out of them because you're respecting their their ability that they could beat you on any given day.
0: Absolutely, Eric. I mean, to me, if to me, if if you rock along and, and you're playing someone that you, that you ought to beat, and they and the final score is 27 to 17, to me that's disrespect because you disrespected them because you probably didn't your work ethic during the week wasn't up to par, you know. And I know that's kind of a crazy way of thinking, but what that does is keep a team. And that was kind of our means to star madness in the in the three peat is that we just never we never got i'll tell you this in my whole time at, at Westlake i feel like we lost one game in the entire time at Westlake that we sh- you know that we should have won we wow. uh, after that one loss we never no one ever beat us that we should absolutely beat hmm. and i think you know um that's because we stayed consistent uh you know throughout uh didn't ever let them take a um a week off you know, and after a while, it's just the kids do that. But I've got five kids that played for me at Westlake that are playing at Texas now, and uh, I'm getting I'm getting awesome uh, feedback from them about nice. the locker room.
1: Yeah. That is great, hey, Coach. I want to ask you because you know Sark has been. He always says you get what you emphasize, and he's been emphasizing uh, situational football playing your best football in key moments, critical moments, down the stretch, fourth quarter, game on the line. Yeah. What as a coach yeah. do you how do you construct practices? What do you do to to make sure you as a coach emphasize that and try to, you know, improve players situational awareness? Like what do you do as a coach to improve that?
0: Yeah, well I mean the thing about it, it starts in spring football practice where there's something every day. You know, hmm. whether you know, for for us, at, you know, at the high school at Westlake, it was, I mean, we've got certain days that we can full contact, certain days we can thump, you know. But even if we're in a thump mode, we can work, um, you know, we can work red zone, you know. Um, you know, but every single day, you know, it's just the emphasis on it. And it's here's the here's the situation. There's a minute and 15 seconds left to go in the game. Uh, this team is up by seven. So uh, y- y'all got the ball. You know what we going to do with it. You know, so putting them in those situations, um, you know, coming out. You know, we we used to do that. I don't know that we ever that we ever uh, got ourselves in twenty-one. My last year on our own four-yard line. Um, hmm. But I tell you what, we worked on it a bunch. <laughs> you know, I always, t- <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time. I said, you know, you know, when when we would in through my time at, at Westlake. Um, there was probably six occasions that we had the ball inside our own four-yard line. First and goal, first and ten on your own one-yard line. Well, I always I always told our players, I said, guys, dang guys, that's the only opportunity you have to break a state record. And they look at me like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I said, "The only way you can throw a 99-yard touchdown pass is be on the one-yard line." <laughs> you know? I love that. That's a glass half and full, we did, coach. And we, and, and, and we did it twice during the, during the eight years. We 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 did it. We did it twice <laughs> wow. during that, those eight years. Doing 99 yard So you kind of you kind of look at it like that, and then um, you know. But just you know, you got to in those situations. Uh, you got to talk about it to me. You got to uh, get stories about it. I, I love, I'm a his, history major. And so I like to, I love to tell stories about the good things that have happened in football and maybe the mistakes that have happened in football. And hmm. I think from week to week, you can point out what happened in this college game. You go, Hey, you know, this team came from behind, you know, they were down 21 and came all the way back, you know, and we're real big on also when we get, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether we're winning by 21 or we're down by 21. Is staying in uh, you know, what we did at the high school I don't think there's any magic to it. We stayed in four-minute increments mm. of a game. Oh yeah. Literally, when when you start a game, we're gonna we're gonna play for this four minutes. and okay. So what's gonna happen in this four minutes of the game? You know, uh, you know. Okay, we kicked off to them. We've got a goal when we kick off there's there is a there's a win or a loss to be had. Yeah. Okay. They've got the ball they've got the ball first. Um, our defense is on the field, okay. There is a win or a lot. We go we go three and out. Guess what? We just won, we got a, a a goal on the goal board. All right. Now we make them punt. Well, we get the ball inside the fifty yard line. Guess what? We just hit another one. All right. Now the offense goes out and we score on the first possession. So you know, one of the things that I think that always helped keep us grounded and focused in a game is that we have a goal board at Westlake High School that we absolutely live by. Um, and I think sometimes I've been in coaching a long time and I've gone probably been on a staff before that's had goal boards that they're just really pretty and they're fancy and no one ever talks about them, you know. Um, but at Westlake, that that's the one that, yeah, but you hear our kids on the on the sideline going. Goal board, goal board, goal board. You know. I still think about it, For coach. everybody. Ty still thinks about four it. four plays. Yeah.
2: Well, and I've heard you when you were doing those great, great weekly stuff. visits with Craig Way here on the Horn, and I, I was, it was always musceless and radio to, to learn more about football. But that goal board, can you describe that a little bit more? Because it, it, it's such a way to break things down that you know, football make it simplify it. These are the goals we have if we you – know, and I know you would put numbers on it. If we do yeah. this, as you just said, we do this eight times, we're going to win this football game. What were the main goals that you would have on the whiteboard?
0: All right, well, uh not necessarily in this order uh, score on the first possession of the game or of the uh of the second half. If you do either one of those, you get uh, uh you can check that one off. Um never have a three and out. That's mm. a that's a lofty goal. Yeah. You never want a three and out. Okay? So that's uh, um let's see um, no turnovers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I tell our kids I said I've seen goal boards before, but people go um no more than two turnovers. Well, hell, a turnover will get you beat. So no turnovers, um, no um, unforced penalties. mean no pre-snap penalties. Okay. At all, we don't we, we don't coach our kids to not have any penalties. I think you're gonna, you know, so um, score every time from the red zone. You know, mm-hmm. like with our quarterbacks, I tell you, we've been blessed with some kickers at at Westlake. And if we get inside the twenty yard line, guess what? we've got three points guys don't you know score it doesn't score every time from the red zone um so there's seven or eight of them uh, nine of them on offense Hmm. and and it is absolutely Aaron it's and and I've looked back through the years South Lake um the years everywhere I've been as a head coach offensively there's nine goals defensively there's nine goals kicking game there's seven goals okay so through our years at Westlake and all the other places, if the offense achieves six or more, the defense achieves six or more of their goals, and the special teams achieves four or more of those seven, and we don't turn the ball over more than one time, we're undefeated. Wow. (laughs) Never lost. Wow. Never lost a game. It's, well, that makes sense?
2: Process into that is performance.
1: Fantastic. That's it. I'm writing that stat down, coach. That's you know, great. I
0: mean, it not, and it, it, when I started, when I started doing the research on it, I was like, "Gosh, I'm muddy. And then when you get a bunch of kids to believe in, and it's all, and it's all stuff that has nothing to do with. You now, like on our offensive goal board, we don't have throw for three hundred and rush for you know one seventy-five or two hundred.
1: Yeah. A team. To me, that's a
0: that's a quarterback. That's a quarterback goal. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, the other one that's really important is to have a uh, is to score as a unit seventy five percent or better as a unit. Meaning, you know what what we do is I mean you just basically it's easy you get the call sheet at the end of the game you go okay it's first and ten we got five yards second five we got seven yards check every chance you have to move the football. The other one is the other one that's I think really important is that we we want to achieve fifty percent on, on third down. I think the NFL thirty three percent is like winning football in the NFL fifty percent on third down. So all of those things and they're they're not easy goals to get. They're really not. And um, but it leads it, to win. it is definitely a blueprint. It's a blueprint for winning. You know, and and when you get the kids. When they believe in that, I mean, hell, you could probably tell them that it may not be true, and they'd still go run through the wall about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I mean, but 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 they believe, and it's all stuff that's going to win. I mean, you just think about it. If you don't turn the ball over, if you score every time in the red zone, you never have a three and out. Boom, 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 and, and even if even if you get close to some of those, yeah, and you you catch up with mm-hmm. another one in another area. Oh yeah uh you're playing you're playing winning football. And so when you on Saturday morning you can look at it and you go, I know exactly why we won by forty. Yeah. And I know exactly why I know exactly why we only won by seven. Yeah. Or I damn sure know why we got beat. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> gonna tell the tale right now.
2: Well and, and and as you said, Coach are not individual achievements. It's it's a team thing, right? Mm-hmm. To go not go three and out takes everybody. Uh, to score every time in the red yeah, zone absolutely. takes everybody, and that's not you know. So I got to do my job to achieve that goal, and it puts it in a, in a simplified perspective. And it led to a lot of winning for our guest Todd Dodge. Tons, uh, seven state championships, three in a row at uh, at Westlake from nineteen to twenty one. And as you said, coach, you've got you got five guys playing for Texas right now, and uh, hearing good things out of that locker room. Have you do you keep up with Sam up there in Indianapolis? I know they've drafted a rookie, but he's still working his way with the Colts in the National Football League.
0: Yeah, Sam, he's still alive, everybody in Austin. You know, <laughs> I talked to him last week and, it, you know, you, I mean, everybody, the, the ultra competitor and um, he's he's grinding along, you know, he's taking inventory of things that he can control. That's right. And uh, so, you know, who knows? You know, I mean, he said, coach, I'm just every day and I'm doing, you know, he, he got to play through the ball nine times, completed I think seven or eight of nine for 72 yards and you know, the other day, you know, text minutes. That's all you can do. You know, you're you're also, you know, this right? He's putting tape on for for anybody else. Also, that's
1: yes, you know? exactly so right. Uh-huh. I've
0: got, I've got, uh, you know, Chase Daniel, who Chase. This may have been his lab, but he he played 14 years and 14, wow. 15 years in the league, and the, he's the, the highest paid backup quarterback in NFL history because <laughs> he's such a professional. You know, and uh, people always people always say, "Well, how'd you stay along?" He said, "I was humble, and I carried the clip." He said, "I basically caddied for the guy who's the starter, and (laughs) I just took care of him." That's right. And go in
2: when you need to. That was Drew Brees for a long time in New Orleans, and he was a heck of a player at at Missouri too, and played for you in high school in South Lake Carroll.
1: Wow.
0: Yep. Yeah, he's 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 great, and and so I hope for Sam that Sam can have a, a similar you know, experience that that Chase had.
2: Yeah. Well, coach, appreciate the extended visit and all the stories and the tales and how to win football games. Great you just kinda of mapped coach. it out right there because you certainly backed it up. And I think we learned a lot from you and our audience did too. Thank you, Todd. Glad Thanks, to hear coach. you're doing well. Thank y'all. Hook 'em.
1: Hook 'em coach. There you go. Oh, uh, that was all. Awesome. That was just oh, just you get all that football, football that football knowledge that he just <laughs> dropped on us right there. Ty's the in,
2: in there having sweats. Oh, I remember the goal board. Oh. Yeah, seriously. Well, I remember talking to Coach because when he would come in here to meet with Craig, we, we yep. he'd get early sometimes because I was off the air at ten and Craig would go on and then Ty would show up or Todd would show up and we he sometimes we'd just chat for a little while. And I remember, the, you know this, the, the, there were goals at practice, too. So the goals was, were started at practice, and then they transitioned into the games. And they had the goal to never let the ball hit the ground. Yep. Never let the um, ball hit the ground.
0: Receivers, yeah.
1: So receivers oh, so No drops. Receivers nothing. accuracy. No fumbles, none of that. And What's, that's why I – Phone exchanges.
2: Well, and that's, that's something that we've heard Steve Sarkeesian say, that they're, it's the players that are now holding each other accountable. That You know, mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers knows to not have a ball hit the ground, he's got to be accurate. Mm-hmm. And the receiver knows to not have a ball hit the ground, which is a team goal. I got to catch the ball, and it just I, to me that as just an individual, that that puts it all on you, uh, and and it focuses you that you know I don't just have to do my job on this this play. I got we we all have to do our job, and yeah. if they don't, then hey man,
1: hold each other accountable. That's on you. Peer accountability. Yeah. I heard Jaron Thompson say the same thing. They asked Jaron Thompson, you know, are you a leader? And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm a leader. And they asked him, well, um, you know, who who's leading on the team? And he's like whoever sees it, <laughs> yeah. whoever sees that something's wrong, you step up and you say something, like see something, say something. And it really struck me because he was really matter-of-fact about it. He was like, well, who, who's stepping up? He was like, whoever sees it, whoever sees that we are lacking in a specific area that is going to hurt our chances of being a winning football team, whatever's hurting the winning blueprint. So, I, man, I love what Coach Dosh just dropped on us right there. So he That's said fun. undefeated when they get six of the nine goals on defense and offense – and four of the seven on special teams and with, with zero turnovers. Coach Dodge
2: would read them off on Saturday mornings <sighs> after during before film and Man. there was it was a celebration between the whole
1: like we would get hyped when we'd hit those goals. Oh, yeah. I bet. That's awesome. Cuz they are, they're team goals. Like that's you got you got that's a that's a group. Even the guys who are helping you practice or oh, the scout team yeah. can celebrate. Oh no, we had zero turnovers, baby. I I I'm, I'm part of that. We well, all part and, of
2: that. And I know we got to get time out, but I think the, the other others true. Like you can beat somebody 50 to nothing but if you look at the goal board and it wasn't very good, you can say, well, guys, we didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Guys, we fell short here. We were sloppy. And maybe it was our opponent was inferior, but if we do that against our next opponent, we're going to lose. Right? <laughs> we could lose, right? That To me, everything he just said is what Sark's trying to overcome at Texas, which is exactly right. We, we're going to get up for the big games. We're going to be hyped for the big Bama. games. Are we doing this in practice day-to-day that leads to the game so we don't so we we beat the hell out of people. We should beat the hell out of as he just said, and respect your opponent to the level this program has played down to opposition for a long time. That's a great point. That that's what needs to change. All right, we're, we're late. We'll get a timeout, but it was worth it. Todd Dodge, uh, seven times a state champion as a high school coach through four at. Uh, by the way, he he won seven, but he also <laughs> lost twice, and one of them was the an overtime loss to North Shore when Ty was playing.
1: Yeah, that. Was oh, harsh. Ty, come on. That's, I was
2: hurt. That's still I was hurt. <laughs> But that still crushes you. You still have nightmares about twenty-one fourteen overtime oh, North Shore. Definitely, me and my friends. If after a few beverages late at night, that yeah. we'll put on that game tape and there'll, oh. be, some, there'll be some arguing.
1: Even Mac Brown, Mac, Mac Brown said the reason he gave up coaching at first, he says, because the losses hurt more than the wins yeah. actually felt good. Yeah. the losses were just they were just brutal for him.
2: Well, there's some football theory and football process uh, put in place right there. We'll come back. Uh, we pick this up. We'll get a we uh, look behind the burn orange curtain with Rod. Also, what's popping before the end of the hour, including the NFL is back. For for preseason week two. That's coming back. L-I-V-I-N from our friend Matthew McConaughey, no doubt about that, and uh, keep living. Good stuff with Todd Dodge. Thanks for all the uh, texts. We'll pass that word along to Todd Dodge. This guy says, uh, "Imagine if you could do something like that, creating a goal board for your career, family, or whatever." I can see where Todd would have a great career in motivational. I'm doing that here.
1: I believe they do that. It's called a vision board. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like the thing. That's yeah, a thing. They do that. That's already like a thing in the self-help, motivational world. They call it a vision board, but it's the same thing. It's the the text is breaking up. the Same thing for your career.
2: Well, at, but I would, you know, individually, you're going to have, you know, you should hold yourself accountable and, and be disciplined and things like that. But at the same time, I, I certainly could see it as someone who had three kids. I wish I had set up. A oh, goal for board the family, for the
1: family, for the family. No, honestly, I'm stealing that for the family. My yeah. future family. We will have a. We will have a uh, goal. What do you call it, a goal board? A goal, board. And goal board. We love by it. We'll yeah.
2: have it. But I, but I think the the process that he went through and just explained is it's not for individual your individual kids. It's for everybody. Like you've got to, the goals the are over the family. Yeah. Like if we don't for have, us to
1: achieve. If we're, yeah. yeah.
2: If we don't achieve it. Uh, we got to figure out why, and then that uh, you could see that really where in any business. And maybe
1: that part, part of that goal is for the kids in school. No, we got no C's, no C's. All right, that's a family thing because we got to stay together. We got to make sure that everybody's on schedule. That kind of well, thing. That's right. Yeah. If it's a family. So hands just
2: you, yeah. Okay.
1: All hands on deck. Kind of. Thing. I love, no, he you're right. He's he's just sharp man. He is. You like, <laughs> see why he won so many football games.
2: <laughs> we gave cash for for like A's, right? And oh yeah, it was individual. We should have made it a team thing because my daughter like bled me dry. Because she, she was incentivized. <laughs> yeah. She was like, what?
1: Oh, how much I get for an A? Okay, oh, done. All A's. Yeah. Where my money? <laughs> yeah. Where my money? <laughs> but if it would have been a family deal, she would have helped brothers. That's right. She'd have be like, no, 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 no. We,
2: you are, she you're... would have, too, because she's the youngest, yeah, but exactly. she would have been cracking whips.
1: Mm-hmm. She'd be like, hey, man, you're hurting our money. Acumen,
2: our a G- GPA? Yeah. Just like everybody combined. yeah. Oh, you got to yeah. get
1: to a certain point. Looks mm-hmm. like go, a right? team. There you go.
2: Well, that, that that's going to serve to launch you right into uh, another round of Behind the Burn Orange Curtain. We may have already gone there, but let's hit it. It's the BOC before we get to what's popping at the top of the hour. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain?
1: All right, this is um, some audio from Jaron Thompson. He uh, spoke to the media yesterday, the elder statesman in the secondary, and he spoke to the media yesterday. And I thought he actually did a really good job. We played uh, some cuts of him talking about the improvement of the team, which is he, he discussed watching a lot more film, improving the football IQ and his football acumen. Uh, talked about how Caden Stearns was his mentor when he first uh, got to Texas, playing uh, the safety position, and even talked about how now the focus for Texas defense this year is about takeaways. That's been focused for the players and for the coaches, and that's something that's needed. Only had 14 of those last season, ninth, ninth best in the Big 12. So definitely a lot of room uh, for improvement there. But this next cut, and we haven't played this one yet, is Jaron Thompson talking about uh, the overall mentality of the team. Now, this is good because we talked about how earlier – He uh, remarked about how he's watching more film and he wants to have a better pre-snap Cognition pre-snap diagnosis about what's going on, being able to process all those clues that I'll talk about with the football investigators. He wants to be a better football investigator. And we heard Quinn Ewers talk about how he looks at football now as a chess match to try to beat the defense and using more of his cerebral mental capacity to do so. Heard Jalen Ford remarked about the same thing with he and Malik, uh, and Malik Murphy exchanging ideas about offense and defense, having a think tank session to improve their football IQ. Uh, so so you're hearing these guys say all the right things. Here's another uh, player, another leader on the team, who's remark and bringing up the what I've called the unofficial mascot for Texas football in 2023. We've heard Quinn Ewers talk about the unofficial mascot. We've heard Sark bring up the unofficial mascot, and now here's Jaron Thompson. We we don't care about anyone else. We're we're here. This is us. This is what we have, that's, and that's what we know. Like, we're brought into this. Like, it, it doesn't matter about what other teams are doing because we're doing it here, and, and that's the biggest thing. Our mindset is, is like, the John Wick mentality. We don't care how everyone thinks about us. We're going to still do ours. You're going to have to face us, too. There oh, another John Wick reference. We That's got good. Quinn with the John Wick reference. The Quinn Wick. Then Sark s- talks about how they have the Quinn, the John Wick mentality. And now another leader, Jaron Thompson, referencing John Wick. It's official. The unofficial mascot for 2023 Texas football w- is Quinn Wick, baby. John Wick. Let's get it. I love it. Quinn there Wick. Uh, Jaron Wick.
2: Uh, well, Sark Wick. Uh, yeah. I like it. Well, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air, but again, it's the talking season. Nothing matters it until is. you play, but as Coach Dodge just said, if you if you mm-hmm. practice it and rep it, it will translate to the football field. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're hearing the players say it consistently across the board, position group by position group, is a good thing. Because look, it was only a year and a half ago, Rod, that More Jamo sat in those same rooms and ripped yeah. that team. Yes, he did. For having a fake culture, mm-hmm. for having guys that, I mean, he got in trouble he with did. Sark, but... It, Still, he put it out there.
1: He did, and you know what? I th- I think it still was the right move for him. He basically he was a senior at the time. He's like, I can't, I cannot, I cannot abide by this bad culture. I cannot actually stand by and say nothing about it when this is my last year to be able to represent the burnt orange. So I, listen, I I love what Ojimo said, and I think he played like a guy that wanted to represent. Well, that. I
2: think if you go back to the Bo Davis pounding on the bus roof, and after mm-hmm. the Iowa State game, the oh, Ojmo yeah. comments of last spring. To now, I mean, it's it, it it's a, you hear different, you hear different. It sounds teams, different. Teams, players are are holding one another accountable, and players are the ones leading the way, and uh, you know, that's that that, that really is you know how it changes. It really does, and and it's so a difference. It, so it's fair for the Joel Klatz and anybody to say I'm skeptical of Texas until I see it, but boy, it sure sure sounds different uh, and looks different than it has. Uh, that's the Agreed. optimism. Doesn't mean it's going to work out. It's still football. But uh, we will certainly. There's some good stuff with Jaron Thompson behind the Burn orange curtain. If you missed it in the uh, the first hour, 6 o'clock hour, really good. More with Jaron. That's all podcast, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, all the way till now. Well, all five hours every day. Podcast at hornfm.com. We'll oh, come back. It? You know what it's time for, Rod. Oh,
1: yeah. We know what it's time for. What
2: is poppin', What's poppin'? Rob? We'll get it. What's poppin'?
0: Who you Brand new player? with just hot I got oh, yeah. options. Just I can pass that. like stocking.
1: What is hopping? I'm
2: spending this holiday in. My got Well, Rangers and Astros not playing tonight, so uh, You know.
1: We got preseason football.
2: we got preseason football. What do you mean? you got
1: the Browns and the Eagles, I believe it is?
2: It is. It is. And you know what else we have? What's popping? What's popping? We've got a pair of spots, uh, you and a guest, to see Patrice Pike tonight at Saxon Pub. Oh. Uh, we we neglected yes. to give that away when Nick Shuley was in the house yesterday because then we went to our Tennessee guest and previewed the volunteers. But Nick Shuley brought us Set List ATX and included Patrice Pike. She's a legend in this area. If you would like to see Patrice tonight at Saxon Pub with a set that begins at 8 o'clock Caller, what do you want to say? Five ty. Caller six. Caller six four four seven three seven seven six. That'll be popping. Thank you to Nick Shuley and his crew and uh, uh, Joe Abels and the team at Saxon Pub. Patrice Pike tonight. If you can't go, don't call. Um, but two t- two spots, you and a guest, to have a good time tonight while the Astros and Rangers take the night off. And you don't want to watch preseason football. Anyhow, you want to watch Patrice? That's uh, four four seven three seven seven six. Caller six. Mm. That's popping.
1: That is popping.
2: Live music in the ATX always popping.
1: That's a beautiful thing. Shout out to my man Nick Shuly, working hard behind the scenes. He's such a good dude, man. He is uh, he's a man. Uh, he you know I, I always just say hard those every damn body. And Nick's one of them people. He knows every damn body. Every time I meet somebody, he's like, oh, yeah, I have met that guy. Or I actually know somebody who's really cool with that person. Nick is—
2: Rick really, yeah. Nick really knows everything.
1: He does. Well, it's just because he's such a nice, you know, well, amicable guy. and
2: he's lived here his whole life.
1: That's a, that's a big part of it, too. He actually, he's he's from here. You know what I mean? Right? He lived here forever, so that's part of well, it, Well, too.
2: he tells stories like, like off the air, and you know, I'm like, well, why don't we— t- I mean, he lived with Royal Ivy and, and basketball players from Texas while he was— for a while. Like, yeah. Kevin Durant used to sleep on the couch. Yeah, he doesn't even, he doesn't
1: actually get, even get into that stuff because that's kind of his, those you are know, those friends. are his boys. Yeah, that's like, like, that's like truly behind the curtain for him because those are his personal connections. But even just, other connections, well, like I thought he you knew every damn buddy.
2: You went there. You were popping this morning talking about Chris Sims and the fact he's never been back to Austin and he's one of your best friends. But you don't you don't share that kind of stuff. You you guys are friends and I know there's yeah. a lot you know more about Kyle Shanahan or any of these folks that boy our audience. But that's between you guys. That's your that's friendship.
1: Yeah, I share I share some, some share, share some stuff. But yeah, you're right. That those guys are my those are my dogs, man. So I wouldn't want them to to share my dirt either. <laughs> that's also part of it. We are we are bonded over the dirt we have on each other. Uh, but tonight though. Dorian Thompson-Robinson might be worth watching. Um, He's he's at the best preseason probably any quarterback in the league. Now, obviously, starters are not playing in the preseason. Um, But so far, 134.9 QBR, QB rating. Uh, 17 to 21, 184 yards, two touchdowns, 8.6 yards per attempt. So the UCLA product has been uh, balling out of control. And I don't know, right now, my man Matt, who does a lot of fantasy stuff, tells me Deshaun Watson probably not going to play in this preseason game, but that's probably, for me, one of the most intriguing subjects of the upcoming 2023 NFL season. Will Deshaun Watson ever get back to the top five elite quarterback play he was at one point. I think that was like 2020, the last uh, year he played for the Texans before being traded and before the the off-the-field issues because that season he had one of the greatest seasons in the history of the NFL for a a player on a losing team, and he has not reached those, those levels of play since. But who the hell can take two years off of professional football and come back and replicate the play and the level of play they had in their prime? I just don't know if he can do it. And maybe he can't. sure. sure. Right? We saw Michael Vick kind of do it. Some people brought up other players, other positions who might have done something similar. But it's just really hard. Not a lot of examples of a player being able to pull that off.
2: Yeah, And the the Browns have invested heavily in that being the case. That's why they invested so heavily because he was <laughs> playing
1: like a top five quarterback in his prime. And, no, and so far, uh, they have not really seen the ROI on that just what are, yet.
2: What are we doing tonight? Tonight is, uh, what channel is this? game on. I'm assuming is it's NFL, NFL Network? Network,
1: I'm assuming. Yeah, I think NFL Network. Because remember, the all these
2: are locally sold broadcasts that then NFL yes. Net will, will carry pick them. They'll pick up, yeah. And then they'll they, these replay aren't, These aren't for broadcast yet. I do think, though, the Monday night game is actually Monday night football.
1: That and might be true. A, yeah, it is. It's yeah. on
2: ESPN. That's, that's Baltimore and Washington. That's the first of the Monday night football
1: broadcast. I wonder if Lamar's going to play a little bit in that new Todd Monk in offense. We're trying to
2: empower it. him. That'll be popping. They're saying night.
1: He, he has full control of the offense now. He has never been allowed to change plays at the line of scrimmage to this extent. And now Todd Munkin says he can change plays at the line of scrimmage. As a matter of fact, ooh, we're going to save it for tomorrow. I got a nice Lamar Jackson nugget. That y'all are gonna love. I guess we can save it. we will preview for Monday. We'll preview. Oh yeah, Monday.
2: Much a Monday night game,
1: but I'm, I'm afraid after, before then it will come out and be it will be like viral. Like everybody will be talking do about it by tomorrow. then. Do it so tomorrow. we might do it tomorrow just to tease. Oh, viral moment
2: coming on Lamar yeah. Jackson. That's I
1: a think I, I don't think anybody's talked about it yet, and I got it from a beat reporter, and it shocked me. And I was like, what? This is a real story. They're wilding in Baltimore right now, but they're wilding because they want to basically craft that offense to be as Lamar Jackson friendly as it's ever been.
2: I would love that. Uh, that's popping. Uh, we'll also say that uh, there are two games Friday night: Carolina, New York, and the Bengals will play the Falcons. And then, hey, on the Saturday, he Bijan's gonna play. Uh, Bijan, he's gonna play. He didn't play last game. Hopefully, yeah. This is, look, he said playing, he's gonna play this game. You're only playing three preseason games, so at some point, they're play, the starters are gonna play into the half, and in some cases, maybe even out of the half, just because mm-hmm. you gotta get in game shape, gotta be ready to play a football game.
1: I Need to see some good reps and like some actual. And you get your offensive line yeah. gelling
2: together and. You no, know, so that'll be popping. Also, I'll be watching golf this weekend, Rod. I know that's not your thing, but it's big. It's the top fifty players who have advanced in the uh, the FedEx Cup race. Uh, Seventy teed off last week in Memphis, and, and the top fifty advanced to outside Chicago today. The BMW Championship. Only the top thirty will advance. Someone will win the tournament and win mm-hmm. the prize money, but only the top thirty will then advance to the tour championship, which is ne- next weekend in Atlanta. Uh, so the golf will be popping this weekend and today. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler, all those guys chasing big money. And the guy to beat right now is uh, guys, Lucas Glover.
1: Is he the man right the guy's now? Guys,
2: gone back to back, hasn't he? Like, okay. Back to back weeks, he's won.
1: I guess that would be the Betty, he was the one the betty the, favorite.
2: He was the one with the uh, sweaty sweaty butt last you know, uh, Oh, that was him?
1: Yeah. Oh, man, he's got to wear like layers or something. He cannot have the butt sweats as bad as he has. He was soaked. He was soaked. Like he was sitting in like a puddle or something. Nah, yeah, that's like embarrassing. In his pants or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All
2: right, so that'll be popping tonight. Uh, did we give away the Patrice Pike tickets? We did.
1: Yeah, Robert won. Way one to go,
2: Robert! Six. Enjoy that show. Give Enjoyed us a full review Robert. tomorrow. Like that. Also popping is Ivan Melendez. He hit another home run last night. We'll see if we can go three for three tonight.
1: The Hispanic Titanic. Boom. Continues to earn the nickname. It's a damn good one too, by the way. One of the best.
2: And I hate this story. We'll get into it more, but the Wander Franco story, Rod and I, uh, is not popping. How about no. this, a report from a Dominican a baseball reporter and insider in the Dominican Republic, Hector Gomez, Ugh. who tweeted this morning a person very close to the investigation into the case of Wander Franco, quote, it will be very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in MLB again. Wow.
1: That means apparently he's disturbing
2: been, There's been an accusation details. from another minor.
1: Oh, come on.
2: Who is not the girl in the Instagram what? picture. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Again, dude. that has to
2: be fully come vetted, on, but that's dude. one of the best young players in the game. But uh, obviously. Yeah,
1: You got problems. You need to focus. Where they get the guaranteed money back? How do you get the money back?
2: Yeah, it's an 11-year deal they signed him to. Ty, what's your gambling pick of the night? Go ahead and take Tommy Fleetwood to win this tournament. Oh, oh, it's a big dog pick. Calling his shots, Tommy
1: Ooh, Fleetwood will be off money. at
2: about twelve twenty today in his first round, outside Chicago.
1: Straight cash, homie.
2: Uh, hey, Rod, have a good. uh you too, brother. Good Thursday. We'll do it Fun again show. on a Friday morning. Enjoy the Patrice Pike show, Mister uh, Sir, and we'll be back with you six a.m. Five more to go. Five hours, five, uh, 5 days a week here on Ian Rod B.